All right, welcome to Is This Us, the podcast. And it was the final episode of the season for This Is Us. And wow, what an episode. It was a lot. It was it was a lot. I No, I'm like, yeah, I cried. I cried. I definitely cried. Absolutely cried. Like, yeah. when do you not cry at an episode of This Is Us? Well, to be clear, I don't always cry. I do. I, I cried in the last episode. I definitely cried. In this episode, that 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 happened. I was by myself too, so that might have had something to do with it. Yeah, it's true. So this was this was a tough episode for us because we also watched this episode alone. We didn't watch it together, George. No, hold on. So can I tell y'all what happened? We, we didn't watch it together, George. Yeah, it just yeah, happened that way. Yeah, that's not how it happened. Can I tell y'all what happened? Cool. I'm gonna tell y'all what happened. So you know what I'm saying? We're supposed to watch it together, but you know I injured myself and was unable to make it to Christian's house, and so. We decided that we were going to do everything we do on Tuesday on Wednesday. That's fine. That's cool, right? Today, I get a text from Christian. Did you watch the show? I was like, nah, of course, bro. Bro code. You know what I'm saying? It's nothing. Feel me? Loyalty and all that. Right, Cruz? Right? He watched the episode without me, B. He watched the episode without me. Was I mad? Absolutely. But you know what? I'm cool. I'm cool. So I was. I just watched the episode by myself, all by my lonesome. You know what I'm saying? Even though I was supposed to watch it with my boy Christian, but it's cool. Oh, cool. I'm over it. Listen, I'm a, I'm a man that knows when to admit when he's wrong. And I was wrong. Okay, that's all I needed. I got excited about the season finale, and, and I just felt like I couldn't wait. I got couldn't it. wait to watch it. And you was like, bump George. I'm going to watch this joint. I, I didn't even think of it as like, oh, the heck with George. I, I was just so I was so excited, and it got close to 9 o'clock, and you weren't here. And I was like, ah, well, what, am I, what else am I going to do with my time? Like, Read I got a this book! Whole, Listen. Write a poem. You're an author. Read a script. Like, what's good? You had lots of stuff. You're an actor. You had lots of stuff you could have did. Don't even give me that. Listen, it's cool, though. I watched it by myself. It was amazing. And, you know, now we're going to talk about it. But I'm not upset or nothing. You know, I'm, I'm a little upset, y'all. Can y'all tell? I'm okay now. Well, I was wrong. And I'm sorry. And there are a couple things that actually in the last... In the last couple of days and weeks, we've been called out by our by our fans, which is very exciting. It means that we have fans. Facts. I mean, we're cool. called out. I'm, I mean, my your response is I have fans. My response is what y'all what y'all calling us out for? What's up? Okay, so the first thing was something you were calling me out on several times okay. over the last couple episodes, and that was in the flash forwards with Randall mm. as an older man. Mm. There's a daughter with him, right? And I was making the argument. That that daughter could be Deja. Yep, got it. And and I was saying that it most definitely is Tess. That girl looked like Tess. It's Tess. Right. And, and what I was saying was that I think that sometimes the show sets up these dynamics where it seems they set it up so that like it's oh this thing is the thing that's going to happen, right? They set up so many things happening before you're like, oh, well, this thing's inevitable, right? Because they're because they're showing a moment between Randall and Tess when they're younger and then they flash forward to uh, a young man being adopted and mm. there's one of Randall's daughters there like, and we see that whole dynamic. It's easy to think that's Tess. And I was just setting up that, you know, sometimes this show does a great job of, of going the other way. Like they'll set it up and you're like, oh, that's going to be inevitable. And then suddenly something happens, right? right and that's right, actually right. a dynamic we're going to talk more about right. when we get into the big three tonight. Absolutely. But that's what I thought was happening, right? And then one of our fans uh, called this out and called me out, I should say, not us, me, and said, hey, 
they call her Tess in that first flash forward. And then, of course, I went back and watched the clip on YouTube. And Randall clearly calls her Tess. Oh, I didn't even remember that. I, see, yeah, right. I missed it. I missed it. Got it. I missed Got it. it. I would say there was a lot of things pointing to it being Tess. But I will also say that I missed... When I was saying it was Tess, I was not also thinking, hey, they said her name in the flash forward. So we both missed that. We did. We did. And, and just to be fair, you know, one of the things that, that you missed, George... Uh, or that you got wrong or were a little bit off on was last week's episode. You started, you know, drumming up this idea that in the previews we saw an older Jack and they were at the altar. We saw an image of Jack and Rebecca at the altar and you started saying, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Jack's not dead. Maybe he's coming back and all this other stuff. And and clearly you were wrong. So first off, and that's it. Why we we did we need to bring this up? Because we absolutely need to no, bring it up. We're nah. both wrong. We've got to admit that we're wrong, George. <laughs> nah, Christian could have been wrong by himself this week, so he had to bring me in on some bull. This is what happened. I was clearly playing. I was like, "Oh, this is us white turning to a fantasy show next week where Jack rises from the dead." Now I know we know that was Jack is dead. We know that 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 wasn't going to be the case. We knew this was some wild dream or flash forward or something, you know, something crazy happening. We understood that. At least I understood that. I I did go a little hard. Listen, you were very believable and convincing in thinking that Jack was was going to be alive. Yeah, I'm 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 I may have put a little energy behind that. I you did. Put, you did. did. I did. Well, we were we were both wrong. I was I was far more wrong than you were. Okay, I'll take Maybe that. you weren't even wrong. Got it. I'll take that too. Okay. Okay. Thanks for taking that. No doubt. No, I appreciate yep. you. <laughs> but what we do appreciate is those of y'all who have been listening to us for the last several weeks as we've been really creating this show and, and having a fun time with it, but getting better every time and adding new things every week. Uh, in fact, this week, we're actually adding our very first guest to the show, which you'll hear a little bit later on with our very first interview and call-in, which is all very exciting, uh, from our actual number one fan, self-proclaimed number one fan. She's fantastic, and she's got some really cool insight from her experience at South by Southwest, where there was a panel of several members of the cast and the crew of This Is Us. So really exciting stuff, which you'll want to listen to. But it's time to get into it, George. Let's get into it. It is time to get into it. And we got to start the show off by doing our 90-second recap. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready this week. So just to be clear, I think we're tied in the getting it in 90 seconds or less. We've both done one recap that we've gotten 90 seconds or less. We've both gone over. You've gone much further over than I have. You just need to make sure everybody knows. She didn't even have to say that. See, you see, this is what you see what happened, right, y'all? I just want to be clear. All right, so George, are you ready for the last recap of this season, at least? I'm ready. All right, your time starts now. So this episode starts with what we find out is a dream uh, that Kate is having, where Jack is still alive and. Uh, Jack and Rebecca are renewing their vows and everyone's happy and everything the same except for the fact that Jack is there, right? This is a recurring dream that uh, that Kate is having and she's about to get married. It's the big day. It's her and Toby's wedding. Her and Toby uh, are happy and obviously Kate is a little nervous, especially when she finds out that she doesn't have her dad's shirt. Uh, this very special shirt that her dad has uh, that, she, that she needed. The brothers call Toby to see where the shirt is. He doesn't know, and then Kate's gone. She goes to the ice cream shop. 
uh, that doesn't work out. And then she is, uh, takes a big, long drive. And that long drive allows her to clear her head and really get around some things that's happening uh, and what she's thinking about. And then her mom calls. She tells about the dream, the dream she's been having about her father. And, and her mom says, you know what? That's beautiful. What was Toby doing in the dream? And Kate says, I, Toby wasn't there. And it was at that moment that Toby, that she recognized that she had to let go of Jack to really free her room in her heart for Toby. And she did that. She did that in a really powerful way. And then she walked down the aisle and everybody was happy. And the episode ended with really powerful flash forwards of some really, really sad stuff and some really, really happy stuff and uh, some stuff that really set us up powerfully for the next season. George, I've got some news. You were three seconds over. Oh, come on, man. Oh, I thought that was good. Like how I set you up there? I set it up like yeah, it was good news. It. Good, yeah. I'm sure you... Uh, I thought that was good. It was good effort. It was three seconds over. I mean, I like, was trying not to look at the clock. I was trying not to look at the clock. That's what it was. I was trying to be real authentic, real, and have some integrity with it, you know, because I feel like that's cheating. You're always a man of integrity. I try my best. And let's just be clear. I mean, three seconds over, it might as well be 90 seconds. Yeah, but it's not, though. It's Next, fair. We're going to give it two weeks, and I'm going to come back harder. I'm okay. going to come back stronger. It's okay. Well, well, there's no more episodes to recap. I mean, we're going to we're gonna be doing some episodes over the next several weeks and months, but, but there's not going to be any real recap. So we're going to figure out some new and exciting programming where we still get to compete, and I still get to win. I mean, we could talk about this, because this, 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 this show has a lot of episodes that we have not recapped. I'm just saying. We, there's a lot of stuff that has happened that we haven't dug into with a lot of episodes. But, you know, I understand which, where you're coming from. We, we, it's, it'll be a conversation. All right. All right. Well, listen, if the people demand it, if they say, listen, George, Christian, we need you to go back and do all of these other episodes, we'll do it. Okay. We got the time. Y'all heard them, right? I need y'all to go ahead and, and write some notes and, and review and do something because that's, that's the direction I'm trying to go. So... In this last episode, official last episode of the season with the season finale, we've got some really exciting programming. Mm -hmm. And we have got an interview with one of our favorite people. Mm -hmm. Also, somebody who is the self-proclaimed number one fan of Is This Us, Anjali Balakrishna. We have her interview, and she is on location at South by Southwest. And so we're going to go to that interview right now. We are very excited because this is our first official guest on Is This Us, the podcast, and it happens to be our number one fan, George Black. Absolutely. We would love to introduce to you right now our number one fan, Anjali Balakrishna. Anjali, how are you this evening? I am doing great, Christian and George. Very excited to be on the show. We wanted to have you on the show tonight uh, because you are actually at a really cool event that has become like one of the main events in our country to try to go to year after year, and that is South by Southwest. Uh, and this year, there happened to be uh, a roundtable with the cast of This Is Us uh, during some of the yeah. South by Southwest activities. So we'd love to hear from you like what that experience was like and how your South by Southwest experience is going so far. Yeah, absolutely. So I can just give a little bit of context on like why they were here and kind of what uh, what part of the festival they were part of. Um, there's a film track uh, where they have different uh, films and, and stars from the uh, films and shows uh, come talk to you know, talk to the people and share about what they've been up to. They premiered the uh, season finale actually uh, a couple nights before and then 
they did a panel with, to a packed house of like 2,000 people on, on Tuesday. And I, I was lucky enough to, well, I got there very early. Uh, so I got to be in the front row to listen to them share a little bit about the show. And You were in the front row? I was in the front row and I could see their faces so closely. And I could, it was almost as if I could reach out and touch me anymore. I did not because I thought I might have gotten arrested, but I, I thought it. <laughs> that might have been smart. I think I think that was wise. Was there anything you noticed about uh, the actors and the showrunner Dan Fogelman while you were there that was really interesting to you? Either something that they said about the show, or just their overall connection um, to the show and to the characters? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, all three of the cast members and Dan Fogelman were all just like so, like just seemed very like kind and gracious. Um, at this festival, I've gotten to see lots of celebrities, uh, and that would not be how I would describe all of them. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, it, that was just telling that the three, of, that the four of them, seem like such like good humans. Um, but I think it was Milo that said this thing about how he was like, for all of them, they're talking about actually about the, the kids who are on the show who play the big three at the, at the different ages, and and there was he was saying how like you know he tells them. Like, this is the, the job that you're going to compare the rest of your career to because it's such a powerful show. It's such a, you know, it's such a powerful experience. And then he was saying how uh, all three of them were reflecting on how being part of the show uh, kind of helped them be better partners, uh, parents, siblings, because uh, it kind of forced them to, you know, to, to see, uh, see those relationships in a new light. Milo was saying that for him personally, one of the things that has been the biggest growth for him was he was like, you know, Jack Kirsten's a hard man to live up to. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, it's been something that's kind of influenced the way he shows up in his life and his relationships, kind of having this aspirational person that he gets to embody all the time uh, and bringing that back into his own personal life. I really appreciate that, that the people on the show who are going through it are also growing and incorporating things that they're experiencing into their lives because it's such an impactful show. So, Anjali, I would love to talk to you for a few minutes here about what is it exactly about this is us if there's one theme or maybe it's one character that just really keeps you coming back um, episode after episode and you're actually one of the people that um, from my experience have had conversations with from like the very beginning of this show starting like you were somebody who was uh, watching it early on yeah. what has kept you really plugged in over two seasons now yeah well so connecting it back to the panel one of the things that Dan Fogelman was saying that I loved and felt like he he articulated in a way better than I think I would my, on my own. Um, is that like the show kind of plays between bigger overarching themes, you know, race, family, love, you know, all, all these sort of macro uh, concepts that, you know, people grapple with in their everyday life. Um, and so it's balancing these sort of big themes and these like sort of micro moments. Um, and so they were talking about like, you know, the moment when, when Kevin was standing outside that woman's window begging for her to find his dad's necklace and like, you know, those little moments like that, that just like at a time when a lot of what we see on TV and in the news isn't super optimistic. It's, it's, this is just like kind of unabashedly about like the, the human spirit. It's a, it's a, it's a show that's inherently optimistic and is a focus on human experience in a way that you don't really see through the combination of these sort of macro themes and these micro moments. That's really powerful. So uh, we're going to let you go here in a minute, but the last question we want to leave with, and I think it's going to be a tradition that we start from here on out with guests that we have on the show, is who's the character you feel like you most relate with or connect with on a regular basis? Mm, that's a great question. I think, uh, well, I was going to say, if I, if I had to pick a favorite character, I would actually say Beth. Um, 
not not I guess a a main main character, but I just the relationship that she has with Randall. Um, I I just think it's such an example of the kind of relationship you know, that I that I work towards every day uh, in my in my own personal relationship. So I guess I could say in terms of what I relate to most, I think the the dynamic between the two of them uh, feels feels quite resonant with sort of my own uh, relationship dynamic, um, the way that they push each other and challenge each other and support each other. So it's not a character so much as a, a unit, the Randall Beth couple. It really resonates with me. Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about that on the show in the last uh, couple of weeks. That that dynamic with Randall and Beth is just it's so. A, believable and, and something for, I think, all of us to aspire to in our, certainly our romantic relationships, but just the honesty and, and the ability uh, to just continue to come back to each other even in the hard times is something that's admirable even for any relationships, whether they're friendships uh, or other family relationships. There was one point where uh, Beth called Randall perfect, despite the fact that what we see of him is clearly not. Um, and there's just something beautiful about someone who sees you as perfect, even though they know your deepest flaws. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Well, Anjali, we thank you so, so much for coming on the show here, coming on Is This Us, and being our first official guest. And, and we hope that we can bring you back more and more as the show progresses. Absolutely. Well, as your number one fan, both of your number one fans, uh, it was a great honor. Well, we love you, Anjali. Have a great time at South by Southwest, and we'll see you soon. Okay. See you soon. Bye, y'all. So great to hear from Anjali. In the minute that she sent pictures of her experience at South by Southwest and she sent pictures that had the cast and crew in there. It was like, oh, we, we've got to have her on the show because she's got some really cool insight. And she was on the front row. Like, she was literally on the front row. She said she felt like she could she could reach out and touch him and she didn't want to get arrested. So, right. you know, there's always that. She didn't want to freak out Mandy more. Right, that's a smart move, smart move. Well, we're going to have her back in episodes to come. But it's about time that we deliver on the big three. So this week's big three, we're going to start off with what you and I kept talking about with this episode. Obviously, this episode is centered on Kate as the bride-to-be, uh-huh. and we kept referring to it as this episode as Kate's release. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like my interaction with Kate in this show has been like, I like you, but I don't really know like how I'm going to interact with you today, you know? Like, she just... She kind of has these ups and downs, these ups and downs. And a lot of that is tied to the fact that there was a lot locked up in her experience with her dad um, and and the fact that her dad died and that she blames herself for some of that. You know, the dog, you know, she cried for the dog and the Jack ran in to get the dog. And uh, had he not ran in, he might have not breathed in so much smoke that he died, right? Like she blames herself for that a little bit. This whole episode kind of centered around Kate dealing with that on her own, right? Like, Kate realizing once she didn't have the shirt that, like, there was some way she had to bring her dad there. And then she recognized after a conversation with Rebecca, where she asked, where she told Rebecca about the dream, and Rebecca asked where was Toby in the dream, that she was so busy trying to bring her dad there that she wasn't making room for Toby. And so she goes and she she, she releases her dad. She says, she, she says it to him that she has to let him go. Like, it seemed like the release immediately broke thing right after there was a conversation with her mom and 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 rebecca was interacting with kate in the same kind of like protective i don't know how to interact with kate kind of way i don't know where your mood is going to be i don't know what you're going to think about me i don't know how to speak to you without offending you and kate one just really owned her stuff oh no 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 that was about me that was me dealing with my stuff and then kind of shared with her mom the reason why we have our weird relationship is because i always want to be like you yeah and it was a really powerful 
admission, we saw Kate feeling like, like you could almost see it, like that she was physically released of a, mm-hmm. of a certain tension, right? There was this ease that, that she didn't have throughout much of that episode. And it was really powerful to see that and have her admit that, no, I actually wanted to be like you the whole time, whether that was to to be in a relationship in a marriage like you and dad had or to be the kind of singer you were. Because we, we haven't gotten that truth and vulnerability from mm-hmm. Kate in that way, certainly with her mother. And just like you were saying, I started to like Kate a lot more. And it's not like I really disliked her in some way, but it's hard sometimes to like her in this show (laughs) quite honestly right like particularly we talk about this a lot like particularly like angsty teenager kate is really hard to like almost as hard to like as angsty teenager kevin i think i like angsty teenager kate more than angsty teenager kevin but you're right really really hard to like Um, and i say that from a place of being an angsty teenager back in the day like i look at her being angsty i'm like wow that's a little too much angst there's a lot there. <laughs> See, I wasn't an angsty teenager, right? Like, I kind of was just like, you know, I think I snuck out the house once to go to... I didn't, No, actually, I didn't even sneak out. I, like, told my grandmother I was going, and then she said she didn't want me to go, and I told her I was going anyway. Yeah, and then I still came back on time, and I told her, I gave her the number to where I was. I was like, even when I was wilding out, I wasn't wilding out. <laughs> so... Yeah, I get that. Like you're pretty, you're pretty far from what Kevin did, which was just be like, "Yeah, I'm leaving," oh, yeah. and whatever. Oh yeah, Kevin would have got a whooping in my house. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin would have got that behind whooped. Like that's what would have happened. I think one of the things that uh, that I've noticed, I, I feel like um, there there is a thing that's not been talked about recently that I haven't heard anything about recently that was such a big part of Kate's character, specifically in the beginning. We haven't heard a lot about it. Um, and I think it's not hearing it is a foreshadowing of, of Kate's growth right up until this point. And it's her weight. There hasn't been much illusion or conversation around Kate's weight. Right. And uh, I think it's a, I think that's an important thing to record to, to, to notice because it, it, it shows that like Kate, there, there are things that Kate is moving past. It's interesting that you just brought the weight up and I'm I'm just putting this together in real time. We didn't talk about this beforehand in prepping. But the two things that she goes searching for, right? Number one, the Daytona shirt. If I remember correctly, that's the t-shirt that Jack gave her way back in season one in those episodes when they're at the community pool and she feels really insecure about her about her 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 physical body, right? And and her weight compared to her other friends and, and then making fun of her. I'm pretty certain he gives her that Daytona shirt then. I gotta go back and look at the video, right? But hot take, like that was there. And then she also goes to the ice cream shop, which again is certainly related to weight and and things there, right? And and that's no longer there either. So it's interesting. It's interesting that you're bringing that up and making that connection now because I didn't make that until this very moment talking about like the things she went searching for were all things that have some sort of connection to to her weight. Yeah. Yo, I, I, whoo, that's good. Yeah, actually. The ice cream, there was a specific episode where Jack would take Kate to go get ice cream and Rebecca would get mad because Kate's getting big and that's a problem. And, and I remember one point where, where Jack was like, we can't we can't get ice cream, baby girl. And it's like, uh, or Bug, they called her Bug. Uh, Which is a weird nickname. Yeah, it is. It's, kind, it's both weird and adorable at the same time. Maybe that's why she's angsty, that she got the nickname Bug. Like, if I had that nickname going up into, like, high school, and people still call me Bug, I'd be pretty pissed. <laughs> Yo, sidebar, why does Randall and, uh, and Kevin not have nicknames? Just saying. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, 
if it's bugged, then I guess I guess they got off they got off on the better side. But uh, definitely, but yeah, but like you know, there was that interaction with uh, with Kate and with Jack around around that right around ice cream around her weight around um, her dad making her feel better about her weight, always making her feel beautiful, always doing what it took to to make her feel like she was she was exactly who she needed to be, and so. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Yeah. Were you ever a big kid? No. No, I wasn't. I remember being told that I was getting big, but I think it was always because I had a twin brother who was always significantly smaller than me. And so, but all things considered, I was nah, like when I was when I first went to college, I was 190 pounds, and if you saw those pictures today, you would be like, "What?" I've seen those pictures. Yeah, I don't look that big like at all. Yeah, I was up until high school. And that definitely, see, now that I'm processing all this stuff and making these connections and I'm like, oh, I kind of get Kate now. And now I feel dumb that I held so much against her. But, but yeah, I think that that certainly, that creates definitely some, some tension, some stuff to hold on to, right? Like being, being a big kid or feeling overweight or having, I mean, it always comes from like other people identifying you as being big. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm not so far from Kate as I thought I was. Maybe. I dislike her so much. Because you see yourself in there. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I might That's need big. to leave the episode. You might need to handle the rest of this because I got to go. Nope. I got to go process. I just say no to that. All right. Well, got then it. we'll move on to the number two of the big three. <laughs> got it. So one of the things we were both noting that we, we particularly enjoyed in this episode was we see this with Randall and Beth early on in the episode when they're talking about how Deja has just like totally gone negative with them over the last several weeks and they played this game worst case scenario where mm-hmm. they say the things that they're feeling in that moment that are the worst possible things and that makes them feel better and then we see it happen again with randall and kevin in the car i, I think there's something to be said about the fact that when randall played it with kevin it just was not effective right and the way he went into it, too, was like, yo, can we do that thing that we do when we just, like, share what's on our mind? No judgment. It's just another testament to the strength of their marriage and the strength of their, they, that they can be like, this is what I think is going to happen. Like, the crazy, scary, wild things. And I don't want any pushback. I don't want advice. I just need to say this so that it's clear that this is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm coming from. There's, like, a tightness, a tight-knitness that, that has to exist for that kind of vulnerability and honesty to to happen and it actually be functional. The idea of thinking about the worst case scenario or verbalizing, vocalizing, whatever, the worst case scenario, that's often an idea. And we see this all the time in the work that we do with young people and the work that we do around like coaching people, that the idea of identifying the worst case scenario isn't something always accepted by people. In mm-hmm. fact, in, in some circles and in some, maybe even culturally as a, as a society, like, we often try to shy away from it. It's like, oh, if I think about the worst case scenario, that means I'm either thinking or speaking mm-hmm. it into existence. Mm-hmm. And actually, there have been several books in the last several years that I've I've read, whether it's about you know powerful goal setting or about people that are identified as powerful leaders or folks that are identified as like original creative people. That there are trends that show that those people and that powerful goal setting can actually happen when you think about the worst case scenario and you plan for the worst and like you have that methodical approach to it which which was the thing that came up for me as they were playing this game was like it's when you think about the worst case scenario you start to process like okay 
is the worst case scenario actually like something that's going to happen? Or if it is, like how can I start to safeguard or plan around it? If you're thinking about the worst case scenario, it makes you think of like, cool, who do I have to be in order for that to not happen, right? Um, and I think that was especially true when the conversation was around Kate with Kevin and Randall in the car, right? The conversation shifted not from what could happen, but who have I been that has contributed to this whatever I'm perceiving is happening, right? They chose in that moment, like, I'm going to be a better brother. Like, I wasn't a good brother or I was too needy a brother or, or something along those lines. And now that I've actually said that, that's actually out now, I can move differently. It allows you to confront yourself in a way, right? Like, when, when they're playing in the car, I mean, Kevin, it's his first go around of playing this game, right? And he goes deep with it real quick and sees, like, 20 steps how, like, their actions of of not handling their business as uh, the wedding planners and doing all this sort of stuff, how it could like totally unravel their entire lives, right? But and that's extreme, right? But it allows you to confront like, oh damn, like my my actions or my lack of action has consequence beyond just the immediate, or it's it's not so. It maybe it's not as big as I'm predicting it out to be right now, but it's also not as small as maybe I think it is a lot of yeah. times, right? Which is w- what the case was for both Randall and Kevin. Randall identifies that he wasn't necessarily there for his sister after Jack's death, and Kevin identifies that he was the one that needed all this support and all this attention, and so Kate was focusing on him, and so nobody was focusing on Kate, and now they're at this place where she seems like she's in crisis. Yeah, yeah. But I think what's beautiful, and this is another thing that makes me really like Kate a little more than I have in previous episodes, is uh, for all their worrying, Kate took care of herself. She did. Kate was fine. Like, Kate had to go through what Kate was going through, and and Kate did go through what Kate went through, and at the end, Kate came to that conclusion on her own. We've got to talk about the end of this season finale of This Is Us, and it ends... With I kind of want to talk about it, but I kind of don't want to talk about it. Oh, I want to talk about it big time. Mm. It ends with these three future casts, right? And obviously, it's the same way that they've been doing this now throughout the episode, where like there there will be some some voiceover that's in like the present time, and then we see these flash forwards and all that. And so we get three flash forwards. We get a flash forward of Kevin. He's on an airplane. And there's a beautiful woman next to him who we've seen through much of the episode. And he ends up holding up a picture that shows uh, Jack when he was in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. We then see a flash forward of Kate and Toby. And Toby's in bed and he's got the covers over his head, which is a callback to an image that Toby's mom and dad paint earlier in the episode when they're talking about how he was depressed after his first marriage broke up. And we see Kate talking to him about how are you going to get better and, you know, maybe we need to talk to the doctor about fixing your your meds. And then we see a flash forward of Randall and Tess, which we've seen this flash forward before, but it's a little bit of a different setting. And it's Randall saying, we've got to go see her. And Tess says, I'm not ready to do that. Hmm. And those are the three flash forwards that we end with for this season of This Is Us. This episode was not the warm, fuzzy ending I was kind of hoping for, uh, which is fine because it definitely makes me want to watch it going forward. It seems like Kevin has been been going through a really hard time, 
right? Certainly for this whole season. Right, right? Like, if it's any of the people, any of the three big three who were going through the hardest time, it was Kevin, right? Like, everybody had their stuff, right? Like, Randall had this, this stint with his, with his biological dad, and Kate, you know, in the beginning, a big part of her story was, was her weight and her confidence. And uh, Well, I mean, to be fair, Kate has the miscarriage throughout the season. True, true, and true. Randall and Beth have the whole adoption piece and their whole family has to go through that as well. Right, right, right. So that that's that's that. That's that's true. That's true. But it feels like to me, of all the people who 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 have been the most of unstable, right? It was Kevin, right? And so what it seems to me though is that like this this flashback kind of flips that on his head where Kevin seems like there's a little bit of peace in his life. You know, there's this woman who it seems like he cares for and she cares for him and they're working really well with Kate and with Randall seem a little more uh, troubling, right? And so it seems like like that that dynamic is being pushed on on flipped on his head. Well, this whole episode is set up as a wedding, which is such a joyous event, even with the stress that they're having the day of. Like it ends up being a joyous event, right? And then to flash forward a minute after that, and you see you see Toby depressed, and you see Kate doing what looks like a great job in like taking care of him, right? But that that's so heartbreaking to go from this moment of like joy and celebration to the struggle right and and one of the things we were talking about is it seems that the flash forwards for kevin and for kate are in the not so distant future Mm -hmm. right like they're still fairly young to their age like they they still look the same as they do in the present time right so so maybe these things are happening next season or or maybe over the season the one that seems much further in the future is the flash forward with randall and tess Right. And right before that flash forward, we see an image of uh, Deja has gotten really upset at the wedding because somebody references that it's not somebody. It's Toby's mom references how uh, the two girls look like Beth, but that Deja looks like her father referencing Randall. And that just sets her off because obviously Randall's not her father and there's probably a lot of baggage there. Mm-hmm. And then she goes out and just demolishes Randall's car and then we flash forward to Randall and Tess and they're talking about we need to go see her and I'm not ready to and it sets up this idea oh maybe Deja's been in some trouble right who knows what that trouble is but it's a trouble that has kept her away from the family right like that's that's what it sets up that's what seems like the most plausible thing with what the episode sets up but in thinking a little bit more about it it's there's so much uncertainty it could be Deja that's what they've set up it could also be the younger sister, and it could also be the one that I've seen some rumblings about already online and in some articles, like it could be Beth, right? And they could be setting up the dynamic that in this flash forward, no matter how far in the future it is, at least 10 to 15 years that that Beth has died. And that was just like heartbreaking as well to even think about that. It feels like it could definitely be Beth. And the reason I say that is when Randall was giving his toast, those those flash forwards were all framed around Randall leading up to saying, Kate and Toby, when you chose each other, you chose perfectly. So it's like at the same time that she chose perfectly, there's also this like debilitating illness that, that Toby's gonna be dealing with, right? And that's still that's still framed as perfect. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the same thing is true if this this is Beth, right? Like the tragedy of like having lost his wife and the the mother of the child Right. He's saying that to himself, right, My, that, I, that I chose her, I chose perfectly, you know. Again, in the episode they set up with Toby's parents, they talk about his depression, right? And then you get that flash forward 
and it's very similar to the image that they describe of him with his his covers over his head and Kate's talking about adjusting medication, which can often be connected to like medication around depression and adjusting those accordingly. But it may not be depression, right? Like, again, this goes back to this idea that like this show does a really good job of, of making sh- subtle shifts when you think things are going to be predictable. Yeah. All I know is like, I'm at the end of this season and just like, when is this show coming back? Is- I, w- I want to see some answers. Is there any conversation around when it comes back? Like, oh, sure. It? it comes back in the fall, right? This is one of those shows that starts on the network schedule of wait, 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 wait. releasing back in the fall. From now to fall, we, there's no This Is Us? Yeah. Yeah, there's no This Is Us until probably, it's probably September-ish time. It's March right now. Yeah. April, May, June, July, August, that's six months. That's half a year, my guy. I know. All the way in the fall? Yeah, man. Nah, B. No, no. Nah. Well, all right, so this is what I need y'all to do. I need y'all to write NBC. Because they can't play with our emotions like that. We're not going to stand for this. You know what I'm saying? So get your pencils or pens out. You know what I'm saying? Get some paper out. Write your letter. Let me know. Because, you know what I'm saying? We about, to really, we about to really make this happen. We about to get this show on in the summertime. So we don't got to wait for the fall. I'm with it if y'all with it. Let me know, man. Shoot. Yo, you're ready to start a movement and a campaign around shifting the schedule for this show. And it's the kind of schedule that networks have been doing for decades now. Listen, man, just because they've been doing it that way don't mean they can't shift, man. Wow. People used to think the world was flat. What's up? You know, there's nothing else I can say. (laughs) We're ending on people used to think the world was flat. Well, hopefully... From listening to this podcast and watching This Is Us, people don't think the world is flat, that their experience is rounded out Ooh. in beautiful, wonderful ways, much like our experience of doing this podcast and having y'all listen week after week has just been such a powerful and well-rounded one for us. So please continue to listen, like, share, rate, and if you're interested in being a guest sometime, let us know. But until then, I'm Christian Shabu. I'm George Black. And this is Is This Us, the podcast. We appreciate y'all.